Amen. Amen. Turn to the person next to you. Tell them you are so glad that they're here this morning. Turn to the other person on the other side and say, where were you last week? Just asking, just asking. They might have been here. It's okay. Good to see you here this morning on the Lord's Day. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I don't say that because I'm a pastor. I say that because I'm a follower of Jesus and I love his presence. I love to worship and I love to gather with the people of God. Amen. And so this morning, we have with us a ministry called Teen Challenge. That's really a misnomer. Amen. We'll have a chance to officially welcome and greet them. But it's a program, of, of, you're going to hear more about it, but a discipleship program for men and women. The women are with us this morning, but there are Teen Challenge centers all around the country and around the world. It's not just for teens, it's for anyone, young or old, that has life-controlling problems. It's a discipleship program where it helps people to be, get set free from drugs and alcohol and addictions and to live free. And we have, we have supported Teen Challenge from the very inception of our church 33-plus years ago. And a quick calculation, we have probably given over the years, we support them on a monthly basis, probably close to forty dollars or $50,000 over the years, given through our missions giving, to partner with, come on, you can do better than that. To please support over 20 missionaries, and we give them uh, support on a monthly basis to partner with them as they reach around the world with different ministries. And this is one that we have supported, I believe, $100 a month up until this point. Or the last several years, we went from 50, we increased it to 100 a month. And so we're grateful for your missions giving. Please be mindful of giving to our missions program. Uh, and through that, you are partnering with ministries that are doing what we can't do because of our physical limitations. But through prayer, through our giving, uh, we touch the ends of the earth. Amen? And so I want to just welcome Shandi. She is the uh, director this morning, the leader this morning. She's going to share more about it. Introduce some testimonies and some music to be a blessing. Amen. Good morning, Victory Church. Thank you so much, Pastor Richard and Pastor Lisa, for having us. Um, thank you for the warm welcome. Um, I'm very excited to be here today. This church has been a part of my life since I came into the program in 1998. Um, over the years, um, Pastor Maureen Doyle was one of our group studies teachers. She would come to Elmwood Ave and she would teach us the basic life skills through our group studies classes. So again, thank you. We appreciate it. You all have been um, faithful and dedicated supporters of this ministry um, all the way through, and we're very grateful. And they're also um, wonderful uh, speakers and teachers, having come to our um, spiritual emphasis, our annual student retreat. Mr. Lisa, just this past month, um, our leadership training at the woman's home, which was excellent. Still chewing on the meat from that, you know, field inspectors versus treasure hunters. Yes, so uh, it's all good, all good stuff. But thank you so much. Again, my name is Shandi. I am one of the assistant directors at Adult and Teen Challenge Rhode Island, and I am also a proud graduate of this ministry. I came into Adult and Teen Challenge March 11th of 1998 after a 12-year drug and alcohol addiction that had taken everything from my life. Amen. The Lord used this program to completely reparent me and teach me how to live again. I myself was raised in church. I went to Christian school and at the age of 12 had rebelled when my family split. And I ran for the next 12 years. And... I'm very grateful for the seeds that were planted in my heart as a child, the verses that I memorized, the scriptures that God continued to bring back to me. And even in the end of my addiction, when I was so angry at God, I was angry because I knew he had a plan for my life and I didn't want anything to do with it at that time. So I continued to run. But when I did come to the end of myself and the Lord opened the door for me to come into a program that I didn't even know was on Elmwood Ave in Providence, which is where I used to buy my drugs and all the other things, um, I got dropped off there from detox. And I knew I was coming home because I knew I was coming back to the God that I knew as a child, except now it was my choice 
and I was ready. So God is good. I'm going to share a little bit more about my story later on, but I want to share with you what God is doing in this ministry. For those of you who sow into missions, we thank you so much for your support. You are going to um, hear and see um, the stories of the women this morning, of the seeds that you're planting. It's being sowed in good ground. I myself am a recipient of your support. 22 years later, thank you so much. And God continues to build on the foundation that he laid in my time as a resident and as a leader throughout the years in Adult and Teen Challenge. Um, so we are one of 12 centers located in New England and New Jersey. We are one of the two adult women's programs. So we have our Vermont Women's Home, we have an adolescent girls home, and then we have our Rhode Island adult facility here. So um, we have also, which you're going to see behind me in just a minute, after 28 years of serving um, women at, at our location on 572 Elmwood Avenue, the Lord has blessed us with an opportunity to live. Um, we are now in Taunton, Massachusetts. It's an awesome blessing. It's, it's an awesome, awesome blessing. So bittersweet because, you know, that home on Elmwood Ave has served thousands of women, including myself. I know what God did there right in that chapel and all throughout that house, but it's the same God. We are just in a different location, and we are very grateful. Um, there, after many years of planted prayer, of praying for, um, you know, an option to have for women and children, and being able to minister to moms in a greater, in a greater way, um, I myself had two boys when I came in the program. They were two and five. So having been separated from them throughout my addiction to come into a program to be separated from them for another 12 to 15 months, it's a long time. So the Lord has opened the door for us to move into this beautiful home in Taunton, Massachusetts. And with this home, we have 8,000 square feet. We are on five and a half acres. We are the last house on the left on a dead-end, beautiful neighborhood. So you know, where we once had gunshots and sirens, and for those of us who are from the city, was not an abnormal thing to hear. But now the ladies, um, we are literally in a quiet uh, residential area where it is peaceful. You're hearing the birds. You're seeing the animals. So we are very grateful. This home is dedicated to the same vision of seeing women set free by the power of God from their addictions and their bondages. So a little bit about the program, for those of you who may not know what Teen Challenge is and what we do, we are a long-term faith-based residential recovery program. We are not a, it is not a quick fix, okay? So the ladies are with us for 12 to 15 months. There are five phases in this program. And each phase of the program, you know, the program is individualized for the ladies to get what they're there for. Okay, they are introduced to Christ. They are, um, throughout their time in the program, we have chapel. They have um, academic time, which is in the learning center, where they are memorizing scripture. They are understanding the fundamentals of the faith, and they begin to build their relationship with God. They begin to have their brains washed, right, by the renewing of our mind to be transformed and no longer conformed to the ways of the world. So through our academic center, the ladies... Um, monthly, they received an individualized plan to help deal with their issues, if somebody has anger, if somebody has abuse. So we want to gear them towards what will be the best to help them. The ladies also have 14 group studies while they're with us. And part of those group studies are, how do I know I'm a Christian? Love and accepting myself. Anger and personal rights. Temptation. Growing through failure. <laughs> So it's really the fundamentals of the faith. I love the academic center. I love teaching these classes because they keep me sharp. They remind us of the basics in the word of God and then how to practically live it. Adult and Teen Challenge does not just help people to get free or get clean from drugs and alcohol, um, but it teaches to have a personal relationship with Christ. Because there is no program, there are no four walls that are going to save anybody, but it is what this encompasses in this program, what the ladies have an opportunity to have time with the Lord, to get to know who they are in Christ. And um, for me, um, learning my identity made all the difference someone who had been bound to fear and insecurity for so many years, 
when I had an encounter with Christ and he began to teach me through the word who I was, I no longer had to live in that bondage according to those lies anymore. So we also, um, the ladies have clinical counseling and they have monthly mentoring, which is um, helping the ladies with their spiritual formation. And for those that have a deeper, um, deeper level of issues, um, they are able to work through some of those with our clinical counselor, which is a, an important piece of the program. If they do not have their high school diploma, that is something that they are, they are able to and need it to graduate. And then in the end of their program, the last three months, that's the fifth phase, the ladies see a certified life coach um, twice a month. And that's to help prepare them for the next step of what their life is going to look like. When you live in community for a year to 15 months and you have that constant support, that constant um, interaction with people, um, going to, if somebody is looking to transition out of the program, we want to make sure they have that time to set up their community where they're going so that they have a church, if they need a resume, if they're looking for a job, or if they would like to stay on, um, like I myself did for many years, they have an opportunity to apply for an apprenticeship. And let me just say, this is where God really does a deep work because you're not only just receiving and going with the flow but now you're having to step in and to lead and to serve to learn how to be a servant leader to learn how to serve the next generation who are coming in the program and along while you're still working in your own life while God is still working in you and you're you're leading so it's an it's an excellent opportunity um, I wouldn't be who I am today had I not uh, surrendered my life to Christ first and foremost, but then also surrendered to the plan that he had for me. I lived on Elmwood Ave seven years um, before I married my husband, and, and then that was a whole nother journey, you know, so God knows what he's doing, but I'm very grateful for this program. Um, for those of you who did not receive a prayer card when you came in this morning, um, I would encourage you to fill it out. We want to be a blessing to the body in the same way that the body is a blessing to us. We have corporate prayer every Monday, and our ladies and our staff, we pray for the needs that are on these cards. So if you fill out both sides and turn it into um, the smaller table out back, um, we will also give you a free changed lives book, which is 10 stories of those whose lives have been changed by the power of God in and through this ministry. So I would encourage you to do that and we believe in the power of prayer it does change things um, one of the new things I would like to invite you ladies to um, we have ladies night on Wednesday nights in our home in our new home for those of you who would like to come and tour the facility we um, we do it from about six to eight at night you can come in you will have fellowship have a meal with our residents and our staff it's just a time of fellowship and worship where we get to know you you get to know us and then you can also tour our facility and then we actually this coming Wednesday night the 30th we have a special event it'll be from 2 to 7 it's a come in and go as you please it's for men and for women so it's going to be a time of food fellowship and Christmas shopping because we can't forget that um, so you can also come and tour the home and spend time you can support the ministry in that way if you're looking to do a little bit of Christmas shopping um, we have uh, lots of items um, that if you didn't see, we have them also out on our back table out there. So we would love to have you come and fellowship with us and um, just have some community time together. And again, in the back, we have a table. And basically, um, we have some uh, beautiful handmade cutting boards for those of you who didn't see it on the way in. These are made in our carpenter shops throughout our New England campuses, New England and New Jersey. We have, I believe, five carpenter shops where the men not only... Um, are making these but they are learning a trade so it goes into building a life skill for them in that area so they are all handmade they are really beautiful and then we have our our ladies we actually make the board butter okay so you have to support <laughs> it's the board butter that coats the board so the ladies make that on campus now we also make the jewelry that you see out there and we have um, other um, other items out there um, we have um, t-shirts and just different things. So it really is just another way for you to support the ministry. Everything you give goes into the running of our home and to supporting the lives that you see here. There's a QR code on those cutting boards where if you, you scan that code, you're able to see the testimony of the person um, who's connected to that board. So I would encourage you to come on back. And then lastly, um, two, two last things. We also have a new app. Um, there's a QR code that you can scan. And basically what that will do is bring you up to our website, which has, it's like a one-stop shop. You can um, find information about all of our campuses, all of our events, um, what we have going on. If you'd like to purchase things, if you'd like to support, you can do it right from that app. And then um, lastly, 
we have a dollar a day sponsorship. And so again, I myself, are, as a recipient of those who have given throughout the years, um, 22 years later, God is still, he's still moving. He is still, um, what you pour into has a lasting effect. So we have a dollar a day sponsorship and it basically, no one is turned away for lack of finance into our program. Um, we want to make a way for the next generation of people to come in. So again, I'll share a little bit you know, more about that later, but if you would like to sow into a life you see here today or into a future life, you're making a way for the next person to come into the program so they don't have to worry about finance. So again, thank you. I'm going to ask the ladies to come now. The best way for you to see and hear what God is doing is to hear their stories, their songs, and their testimonies of the life-changing power of God. Amen. morning. So my name is Tanya. I am forever 29 years old. Okay. <laughs> I'm really good at being 29. I've been doing it about nine years now. Uh, I stand here today because 10 months ago, the Lord saved me. Praise him. Yes. Cause I would have drank myself out of existence if it were not for him. He saved me from my guilt and my shame and most importantly, a life of not knowing who he was. And because of that, the verse that I stand on is Romans 8.37. Amid all these things, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. Because now I know that with Christ by my side, not only will I be able to fight the battle, I'm going to win the war. Good morning, everyone. My name is Leanne. I am 53 years old. And I am a very proud graduate of this program. And I am also an apprentice now. Yes. Um, God has rescued me from depression, heroin addiction, and domestic violence. The verse that I stand on is John 8:12. When Jesus spoke to the people, he said, I'm the light of the world. Those who follow me shall no, no longer walk in darkness, but have the light of life. For most of my life, I lived in depression. And um, I never knew what my purpose was, but now I know that it's to glorify God. And thank you. Good morning. My name is Lindsay. I'm 33 years old, and God has delivered me from the addictions of alcohol, methamphetamine, abusive relationships, and ultimately leaning on my own understanding, also cigarettes. Um, so when I attended, I didn't realize we were going to have to not smoke anymore. And I praise God for that as well, because I wouldn't have chosen to put it down, but God, <laughs> it was God's will. Yes. And I'm, I'm very thankful today that I, I'm not a slave to the cigarettes either. So <laughs> I was born and raised in a Christian home. My parents love the Lord still to this day. We went to church every Sunday. Um, they were very they were very loving. However, you know, there is no perfect home. There's, uh, I struggled with a self-worth and shame-based kind of nature. And so eventually, when I was about high school age, I began to uh, resort to drinking to try to cover that up and, and alleviate feeling like I was always doing something wrong or I was bad. Um, when I was 22, I moved to... Nashville, Tennessee, to per pursue a career in music, and that's when things began to unravel. I trusted Christ at a young age, but I really was resorting to the wrong things. I chased fame to also make me feel like I was worth something and um, just found more and more emptiness through that. So I began an abusive relationship, was introduced to meth, and began smoking meth every single day, and along, eventually along with the drinking, the drinking became worse and worse. That helped a quick escape to relieve even more shame of doing drugs and, and all, of the, all of the things I knew I was not called to do. Um, 
So eventually, I just was so ashamed. I, I looked in the mirror. I literally was scared at who I was looking at. And so I asked God to give me the desire to stop. And he has a sense of humor. He, he always does it in his way, not, not my way. <laughs> Thank God, because my way it was not, not so great. So anyhow, um, I was on my way home from a bar, and the next thing I knew, I was being woken up on the sidewalk by a police officer asking if I was okay. And that's what God, that was one of the key things God used to be like, wow, if I continue on this road, I will either die, um, harm someone else, because I was very reckless in my behavior. And so I finally, for the first time, called home and admitted uh, to my drug use that my family hadn't known about and asked them to help me get the help that I needed. So my mom and my sister found Teen Challenge. They couldn't be more excited about it. Um, and so at that point, I was desperate. I, I would do anything to get to get help. And so I joined, and it is absolutely amazing. Every single day I wake up praising and thanking God to be waking up sober-minded to have the, a new chance at life, really, to live, not just exist. Yes, I just, uh, I can't, really can't praise God enough. It's, I know that it is not me, and that is why my life first is Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, for it is grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of your works. It's a gift of God so that no man may boast. And now, instead of vainly using what God has given me, I sing to praise his name. I sing to bring glory to his name because he is the only one worthy of any of that. Thank you so much. Please, please feel free to sing along because the first time I sang and played, it's like God is slowly restoring what I squandered. And to, to look out at people singing praises to God is feels like heaven. It really does. So thank you. some glad morning when this life is over I'll fly away to a land on God's celestial shore I'll
Amen, that was beautiful. Very talented. <laughs> so, hi, I'm Rachel DePippo. I am 44 years old, and I graduated Teen Challenge Women's Home 22 years ago as well, awesome. in the year 2000. I um, also am so grateful to this church and the opportunity to give my testimony here again. You have had so many wonderful people pour into the ladies' lives, especially mine. Shandi had mentioned Sister Maureen, but we also had Sister Frances, who had come and spoken to our lives and prayed for us. And then Sister Elaine, I don't even know if she's here right now, but Sister Elaine used to teach us crafts, and to this day, I still use knitting, uh, crocheting as a coping skill. Um, many people have blankets <laughs> that have come from that. Um, and she also used to take me out on my day passes because I wasn't from here. I'm from Long Island, New York. So yes, I graduated then. Um, I was challenged back in the day before coming to the program with low self-esteem and PTSD and anxiety, depression, all those labels. I had drank too much as a teenager. I had smoked marijuana. I was cutting. I had been just given over to bulimia and eating disorder. And so those things, the drivers to those things, those were just outward symptoms. What led to those was a childhood with sexual abuse. I was, when I was 17, I had been raped and I just didn't know how to deal with those things on top of like being just bullied. I was raised in a home where there was a lot of alcoholism and mental health issues. But when I came to the program, I was 19 years old when a detective picked me up, I didn't even know I had committed a felony, but she informed me I committed a felony. <laughs> and she looked at my history, and she's like, I think you need a second chance. And she said, you have a choice between prison or a program. And I'm like, I'll take program, you know? So everywhere I went at the time, there was Teen Challenge, and I was originally you know, like I said, from Long Island, but they were giving out flyers at the local 7-Eleven. There were flyers on the cars. There were flyers put through my mailbox. So everywhere, it was like this big gleaming light, like you will be going to Teen Challenge. <laughs> and that's how I ended up in the program. Once there, the things I learned were life-changing. I mean, let alone having a relationship with Christ. Shandi mentioned the classes. To this day, I still think on the five steps to receiving correction. Just learning to listen, you know, and taking things in and saying, I'm sorry, which is a life changer to say, I'm sorry. I lived in a home with a bunch of ladies, and living with a bunch of ladies, there's opportunity over and over again to put into practice the things that you learn in the morning in those classes. <laughs> I learned how to cry out to God to call upon Jesus in that chapel. They have different carpet, they're in a different house now, but I walked in circles over and over again. I learned to speak life and not death over myself. I, learned, I said to God, you know, there is so much going on, I need you to change this for me. You sang a song today that said, this is what freedom looks like this is what living looks like this is what freedom sounds like and this is it I'm like yes I'm living that this is what it looks like today and I just thank God because it just in those moments I learned to look at those things that I went through see where Jesus was in in those terrible moments of my life think about the beliefs I had based on like beliefs around myself beliefs about the world beliefs about the people and God was able to transform those thoughts so that I could not believe the lies anymore. I could hold on to the truth, and those truths were based in his word. In the house, there was a sign, choose you this day who you're going to serve. And that's what I did every day, choose this day to serve Christ and learning to speak. Since um, having graduated the program, I had stayed on to work four years as staff. 
I went on, and this is the good stuff in life, guys. I've lived more life since the program, since before the program, and I'm still walking strong today that I went four years to Zion Bible College, now it's North Point. I moved on to four years of seminary and got a degree in clinical pastoral counseling so that I could start giving back to families before they have to go there. And I did a specialty in years with families with out-of-control teenagers. I went on 15 different missions trips, to I mean 15 different countries, sometimes more than once giving my testimony in all those countries, that's because of God's grace to say, look what he did in my life and change that. And at the, in the time when I was in the program, I always thought, God, how am I ever going to have a normal life? <laughs> how am I going to have a healthy family and a healthy marriage? And I just really took to heart, you know, the, all those scriptures about, you know, do the work of God, and he'll take care of that. And I was like, someday, Lord, you'll bring me a husband. I'll be about your work. Have him doing your work, too. And I met my wonderful husband on a missions trip in Guatemala. And he's right here from Cranston, Rhode Island. We crossed paths dozens of times. God really gave me a gift in my husband. I also have, we've been blessed with two children. They're ages eight and six. And, you know, God made me, all that I went through, the person, the woman, the mother, the wife, all of that is a healing work that began in this program at Teen Challenge. And the scripture I just want to share with you that I have been standing on since being in the program is James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4 that says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. And that's what God had did in my life, continually maturing me, completing me, wholeness, and that's what he does in these ladies' lives. Thank you for pouring into us. Good morning. Um, my name is Caroline, and I, too, am 44 years old, and I, um, I was graced enough to be able to graduate this program two years ago. And I'm so grateful for what God has done and continues to do through me in my life and even in my family's life. Um, I came in, long story short, I come from an abused childhood, not unlike many people, um, and I felt lost from a very early age. I sought my earthly father's approval, attention, love, everything, and I couldn't get it, but I didn't know I had a heavenly father that I didn't have to compare my dad to anymore, my earthly father. So I found myself seeking out drugs, alcohol, people, jobs, positions, anything to, like, give me an identity of, like, this is who I am because I didn't feel accepted. I hated who I was inside. Hated. I, I didn't look in the mirror. I got ready in the dark, literally. And so for 22 years, I was in and out of institutions, psychiatric wards. I got labeled depressed, depressed, anxiety, PTSD, bipolar, schizophrenia, everything. And I rested in those diagnoses because they would send me on my way with the medication and that would seal the deal. And I was emptier every single time. And um, through towards the end of my addiction, I had lost custody of a son that I had. Um, he was 18 months old. I did not care for him. I did not steward the blessing that God give, gave me. But even... Losing custody of my son couldn't keep me from destroying myself and everyone I came in contact with. And so I found myself suicidal at the end. I cried out to God. I was like, I cannot live like this anymore. But I can't imagine my life without drugs and alcohol. It's crazy. It is absolutely insane. And so God literally reached out, pulled me out, and I, called, I was calling some of my friends. I was homeless at the time during COVID, and someone said, call Teen Challenge. And I was like, I'm not a teen. Like, and um, I found out what it was, it, and I was like, I'm not going to Jesus camp. Like, I'm not doing it. Thank God. Thank God. I was raised Catholic-ish, um, so I knew there was a God, but I didn't know I could have a relationship with my Lord and Savior and the kindness that he bestowed upon me. So... I called Teen Challenge, and I had nothing to my name. I had a dirty, rolly suitcase with not much in it, and they took me in. They took me in when nobody wanted me. And God, not, he didn't just meet me there. He's been with me the whole time. I've just been like, not right now, not right now, but he's been alongside me the whole time. I walked in that door completely physically, spiritually, and mentally broke down. I got 
um, I got to go through the Elmwood house, and I'm so grateful for that home, man, but I, I couldn't even walk up the stairs. I was so empty. Every day, I wanted to leave. The first 30 days, I wanted to leave every single day, but God kept me. He kept me. I learned how to pray. I learned how to cry out to him. I used that war room. I, I screamed into pillows into that war room. I screamed to him. I needed help, and I needed him because I couldn't do it anymore. Could not do it anymore, and he is so good. Through that learning center, through scripture, through prayer, through worship, through learning who I am in Christ, Nobody could take that away from me anymore. Nobody. <laughs> the son that I lost custody of, God is so good. He's working on details when, like, we think he's doing nothing because we can't see it. We can't feel it. We don't feel like it. He's working with my son's father. My son, I, I started getting phone calls. My son lives in Virginia with his dad, and, and um, his dad started letting me talk to him through the phone. I had... Dropped out of sight for two years. I don't deserve to even talk to my son. God, that's only God's grace. So those phone calls began. I got a FaceTime Christmas while I was in the program. That was unreal. So in the end of the, towards the end of my program, I got to actually visit him. I visited him. I went down. I got, I didn't, I didn't have no money, nothing, but God has made a way every single time. Took me down to Virginia and I got to stay with my son for three days. Let me tell you, it was the hardest three days. It was very challenging, and it continues to be challenging. But God has a plan, and I believe in that. So I, f I completed the program. I graduated, and I did an apprenticeship because I knew God had called me to do the apprenticeship. And then at the end, I was like, I'm ready to go get my life together. I'm ready to go be with my son, this and that. And God's like, whoo, slow down. He's like, y you gave your life to me. And I'm like, yeah, but no. Every, all the doors shut when I was wanting to leave. Every door, the car, the this, the that, everything. And he, and then I woke up one morning. I was towards the end of my apprenticeship. I heard the ladies practicing choir. I was like, man, I was like, I could be a part of this. I could be a part of this. God, why me? And a position was made for me to stay there. And I'm full-time staff now. I work, I serve in donor relations, which is so weird because I'm the worst at relationships. <laughs> This is where God has me. <laughs> I have the privilege of living on campus with the ladies. I'm there 24 hours a day if anything, if they need anything. I'm the most selfish person by nature, right? By nature. But God has slowly cultivated selflessness in me, slowly. Love, joy, joy, not happiness. Happiness because nothing outside of me but the joy of Jesus in my heart. And let me tell you something. I'm so grateful for churches like you. You guys, you, you literally, you're one of the reasons why I got to be here. You sowed seeds, and I, we are part of the reason why. So thank you so much. We need people like you. This is God's vision to continue to transform hearts and lives. The verse I stand on is Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans for a hope and a future. God took everything the enemy meant for evil, and he's using it for his good. Praise God.
God is, God is good. God is good. I'm so proud of these women. It's a blessing and a privilege to be able to serve here because it is not a job, um, though you can apply because we are hiring, okay? But it is a calling, and it takes a special strength to be able to do what God calls you to do because it is a selfless, it is a serving um, ministry. And each one of these ladies, all different ages, um, all different races. God just brings these women in at whatever point that their need is and begins to transform their life. And it's very exciting because you don't get to see them when they first come in. Um, many of them don't look this way when we come in the program. I, you know, um, Amanda her, was green for weeks, just green in the face. And um, Madison, you know, shaky like this, the effects that the drugs, the alcohol, and just the lifestyle, how it, what it has, you know, on these ladies. But praise God that it's his love that begins to reach them as soon as they come in the door and they have an opportunity to just be embraced, you know. Um, it is, again, it is a privilege to be able to serve these women. And it's exciting to watch what God does in their life because, I had no idea what my potential was before I came to the Lord. Literally using drugs from the age of 12 to 24, there was no social, psychological growth. There wasn't a lot happening there. So to come to a place where I had no idea what God was going to do was the best place that he could have me because it was a blank slate. And in that, he was able to build me into who he always created me to be. And that's exactly what he does with the women who come in this program. So again, we thank you so much for pouring into us and you know, making a difference in our lives. If you, again, if you would like to, to sponsor a resident, you can see me in the back. If you would like to support us, um, you can stop by our table and, um, and come visit us at the product table. But I am gonna close in a song, and it's called In Return. And when I, when I came to Christ, there was nothing, there was nothing 
And in return, he gave me everything. I didn't sign up as one of the most likely to succeed in his eyes. I came to him at the very end of myself, a very broken um, individual whose life was a disaster. My children had been taken from me. I wasn't able to raise them. That was a very, very big process that God had to do in my life when I came into the program. And that's why I say it's not a quick fix, because you take away the drugs and the alcohol and the things that we use to mask not only the initial reasons, but all the ones we create along the way. And you're faced with the, the and exposed with who you are and where your life is. But that's at the very place that God meets us. And he begins to rebuild us, because that's where his forgiveness is. And that's where his forgiveness begins to produce <laughs> a repentance lifestyle in us. We don't have to go back to that life anymore. God is good. You guys did an amazing, amazing job just sharing life change, testimonies, music. 
I don't think there is one person here that has not been affected um, by drug addiction or alcoholism in your immediate family or in your extended family. It's a, a worldwide epidemic, and we've heard of the hope that's in Jesus Christ this morning. So two things I want to do in closing. I want us to pray. I want us to pray for those that we do know that are, are struggling and, and really destroying their lives with alcohol and drugs. But the other thing I want to mention is just the intentionality of a program like this is just so, uh, so critical, so strategic, because there's a difference between getting set free by the power of God, by the anointing. There's a difference between that and living and walking in freedom. Jesus came, and the Bible says in, in Luke chapter 4, he was anointed to set the captive free, right? And he said in John chapter 8, he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Now all of us, say it with me, all of us. Some of you didn't say it. If you didn't say it, you're not alive. So all of us have been slaves to sin in one form or fashion or another. Some of you here today, well, I'm not a drug addict, I'm not an alcoholic, but you can be a slave and you are a slave to some sin because Jesus said whoever commits sin becomes a slave, whoever practices sin. And so we're all, the Bible says, we're all under the verdict of guilty. We're all sinners. The Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. And see, here's the thing. When I believe that the anointing of God moves in this place. I believe the Spirit of God moves in this place. I believe, I truly believe, people are set free at these altars. When hands are laid on them, when a word is spoken to them, when the word of God is preached, the anointing is, is real, it's tangible, it's powerful. People are set free. But the real issue is, or, the, or the, the intentionality that we need, is to learn to walk in that freedom. Oh, I don't know if you're getting me this morning, but stay with me. I'm, I'm almost done. I'm just, I don't have a whole sermon. But I'm trying to communicate something because many times over the years we have had people in our church that were drug addicts and alcoholics and, and we, we pointed them in the, into the direction of Teen Challenge. And over the years we've had probably dozens of people that have gone into the program. And people might ask, well, God, could, didn't God set them free at the altar? Yes, but because of the accumulative effect of their lifestyle, they need to learn new principles and build their life on a foundation. And, they, and when you go into a Teen Challenge program, uh, 12 months, 15 months is equivalent to a lifetime of Sunday school classes because of the teaching they learn. So what am I trying to say? I'm not trying to get you to go to Teen Challenge. Maybe some of you, but... No, but what I'm trying to say is Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 says, Paul says, you have been set free. For freedom, Christ has set you free. Do not be entangled with the yoke of bondage again. Don't be entangled with the yoke of sin, that, that yoke, that, that wooden instrument that was put on animals to get them to do the work, and they were put on with, a, with an animal that was trained and a one that was an apprentice. He was new. He wasn't broken as, a, as an animal, but they put them together, and the stronger one would lead the, the weaker one. And, and what the imagery is that, that we, we were set free. That yoke was destroyed. And in Isaiah, it says, the anointing destroys the yoke. It was broken off of us. It was destroyed off of us so that now we can live a free life. But the reality is every single one of us, every single one of us, the, turn to the person next to you, say the person, he, I think he's talking to you. <clears throat> now look to the other side and say, I think he's talking to me. All of us, all of us, we need to be intentional about the freedom. Christ has set us free. I'm free, but the yoke of sin, whether it's, I don't want to name them, but whatever your sin is, you know it well. Whatever it is, the devil is always there trying to pull you back, draw you back, get you tangled up again. The Bible says you've been set free. Don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage, slavery again. So what am I saying in closing? The importance, the necessity, if you really want to be a disciple, I'm not talking about coming to, Sunday, coming to church on Sunday. 
There's churches full across the nation. I'm not talking about just coming to church. I'm talking about the intentionality of, of applying yourself to the principles that will keep you free. I'm not just talking about going to a concert. I'm not just talking about going to a week of meetings because you can get set free there. But when you wake up the next morning, your mind needs to be renewed all over again. The next day, the next day, you need to keep growing in the grace of God and the principles of God. So what am I saying? You need to be plugged into a life group. You, young people, you need to be in youth group. All you member, regular attenders and well-wishers, you need to be involved in a ministry. What does that do? A ministry, being involved in a ministry causes you to become accountable. Oh, I don't want to go to church today. Well, my name is on the list. I got to go. Oh, I don't feel like it today. Well, I have to because I've got to pray. I've got to read the word because I've got to teach the children. I've got to really pray and get an anointing because I've got to do nursery. If you've never done nursery, you don't understand the anointing you need to do the nursery. I am starting emerging leaders. I am starting a, a Bible training with curriculum that the school of ministry uses in the assemblies of God. I am starting that not just to give myself another job or another ministry or another uh, a night to do something, but because I want to be intentional about training leaders and also using it as another means of discipleship for some of you to stay free. Some of you just come on Sunday morning and you have one foot in the world one foot in church, and you never get free. You never walk in freedom. The reason why Teen Challenge is such an effective uh, discipleship program because it's just that, the intentionality, the day in and day out, working through the issues that, that we all have. We all have them. We all have them. So I'm starting an emerging leader so that the leaders and the, some leaders will, will get a little more deeper in their walk so they can be more effective in discipling other people. But also, some of you, you don't have to think of yourself or look at yourself as a leader, but you can say this is an opportunity be, to be an accountability group, six sessions over three months that we're going to read a book, we're going to study guide questions, we're going to interact with one another, and I know that if you go to that, I know your life will be changed. How do I know? Because I've seen it happen in that context where there's a great learning environment where people are preparing and coming together in an environment to learn and the Holy Spirit works. What am I saying? There are, there are ways that we can be intentional about not just getting set free. I believe, Pastor Mike, we have anointed times in this church. I know that the Spirit of God moves in this church. I know in the frustration we deal with as a staff is we have powerful services. God touches people. Some are touched by the very tangible presence of God. They begin to weep. Some begin to, some fall under the anointing. Some, some feel the overwhelming sense of the presence of God. There's no mistake in that. There's no denying it. But God, I say, what is it? We have great services, but where do we go from here? It's, it's this very truth I'm saying. It's one thing to be set free. It's another thing to walk in freedom. You can be set free in a moment. God can touch you powerfully. And, and that, that lasts, or it should last, when you walk in the truth. And the Bible says, as we heard it today, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Do not be conformed to this world. That word conformed in the original language means to be pressed in the mold. Don't be pressed into the mold of the world, how the world dresses, how the world acts, what the music they listen to, where they go, how they live their life, how they treat their husband, how they treat their wives, how they because they're watching too much reality TV and they think because that's Hollywood, it's America and that's Christian somehow. No, it's not. It's from the pit of hell. You go into that world, you go into that environment, and it wants to press you into its mold. It wants to conform you into that way of thinking and that way of acting and that way of living. But the Bible says don't be, trans don't be conformed. Don't be pressed into the mold of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing. How do you get your mind renewed? Through the word of God. How do you get your mind renewed? By calling out to God. How do you get your mind renewed? By being in fellowship and ministry with other people so then your character begins to be refined because you have to deal with people and you got to deal with their attitudes. They got to deal with your attitudes. They got to deal with your passive aggressiveness. Come on. Come on. There are a lot of issues that only take place or only dealt with in the context of fellowship and church and ministry and the word of God. Come on. Are we going to be committed to Christ? Come on. Are we going to walk in freedom? 
Jesus said, he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And you say, well, that means I'm touched one. No, he says, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples. He didn't say just go to Victory Church on Sunday morning. Oh, come on. The devil comes to church. I'm not talking about any of you. I'm just saying the devil comes and he tries to resist the work of God. He's sitting on your shoulder and he's getting you distracted. Some of you right now are saying, well, it's kind of late. I need to go home. But you wouldn't be saying that if the, if the World Cup was going into overtime. Come on. We shall know the truth and the truth will set us free. Come on. We have our minds renewed. We get committed. We're intentional about our faith in Christ. Amen. So what am I asking you today? I'm asking you to be intentional. I'm asking you to walk in the freedom wherewith Christ has set you free. You've got to walk out your faith. You can't just get touched, have a good church service. Oh, wow, that was a good service this morning. Some of you go out to eat afterwards. Wow, that was a powerful service. You talk about the good things God is doing. Hopefully you're not talking about the pastor. Hopefully you have roast beef and not roast pastor. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, this is good preaching, even though it's not a sermon. Let's all stand together this morning. Two things I want to pray for in closing. I'm going to ask Pastor Tara if you would pray for this one. I'm going to ask you to pray for those who need to be set free. Do, we have, do you have a family member, a friend, a relative that has an addiction problem? Raise your hand. Amen. I don't think there's one person that doesn't know somebody. We want to pray that the Holy Spirit would get a hold. We heard wonderful testimonies. God is still dealing with people. Even when we don't know it or we don't see it. We heard these powerful, powerful testimonies that I've heard Teen Challenge for 30 plus years of pastoring this church. And it still amazes me, the testimonies that are still vibrant, alive, and, and, and relevant. And so we want to pray for family members and friends about this, this very, this issue. Pastor Tara, would you leave? Come on, let's cry out to God. We're going to just take two, three minutes to pray over this. And then we're going to have another prayer focus and close. God, we come before you this morning, and we thank you for the testimonies that we've heard, the testimonies of your power and what you can do, only you can do. So, God, we lift up our family members and those that we're close to who are bound. God, we pray that you would come and you would surround them. God, that you would place people in their lives that can lead them to you. God, we pray that you would break the chains of addiction and the power in the name of Jesus, the only name that can do it. God, we pray. We believe that you're still working. You're still able to do it. God, I pray for those of us who may be weary and tired of praying and we're tired, but God, we heard today that there's still hope in the name of Jesus. So we, we once again bring those people before you and we pray that you would bring freedom and we put them in your hands. We trust God. We trust that you're going to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Pastor Lisa, I'm going to just ask you to pray for the body of Christ, for the church, for Victory Church to become intentional about walking in freedom. God, we thank you for all of the opportunities that you give us in this church, God, from hearing testimonies today to emerging leaders to life groups, so many opportunities that this church affords us. But God, we need to walk out of these doors whenever we come in and receive your touch and receive your blessing. We need to walk out of these doors and put it into practice, God. Father, we pray that we would walk out the things that we're learning, the things that we're hearing, God. We wouldn't walk out and become entangled again to that yoke of sin and slavery and bondage, whatever it is, God. It could be gossip. It could be secret sin, whatever it is, God. We want to leave out of here changed 
and walking out what we have heard in this church and in the ministries that we are involved in, Lord. We are going to see just breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough, and we're going to see these breakthroughs being walked out, Lord. We thank you, God, for the hope that you're giving us, that we can continue to pray and believe in faith, God, that you are going to continue to do those things in our lives that need to be done, but we're going to do our part and walk them out, Lord, and be obedient to what you speak to us, God. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. 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 God bless you. Be sure to greet someone before you leave, and we'll see you back in life groups on Wednesday night. Amen. <laughs>